Welcome to the She Runs It podcast. We're your hosts, Nicole DeBoom. And Sarah Ratzloff. We are two successful female business owners who have found strength, confidence, and community through fitness. And we want to share that gift with you. Join us as we talk about what really matters to active women. We can't wait to hang out with you. Now let's get started. Cool. We're recording. Oh, hi. We made hi, it. Nicole. We, we made it back it. here just in time for us to talk about food. I love food. I know, me too. We've discussed before. You know, the name potentially of this episode is the eating confessional. And I was like, God, like, does that make it sound like it's a sin to eat? Which Um, it's not. But I still kind of like the name because I feel like we all food and eating for every single woman I know is this like complicated, important love, sometimes hate relationship. It's a relationship. We have a relationship with food. Very much so. I would agree. It's like our first boyfriend, our first love of our life. It's true. It's the unrequited love. We can never quite get enough. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to, today we want to, we're kind of setting the stage here for a series where we're going to talk about food, some of the psychology behind eating, some of the biology, Mm -hmm. physiology behind what we put in our bodies. But we both thought it was a good idea to share our own journeys with food first. Absolutely. Well, and I think, you know, uh, the name of our podcast is She Runs It. And a lot of the women that um, are in our groups with us or that we chat with have been athletes. And so there's this element of fueling. I mean, you know this, like you have strategic fueling. Um, And, um, you know, so there's sort of that relationship, but then there's that other like emotion, like the Oprah side of it, right? Like I eat my feelings and that, that kind of a thing. So it's a little, it's, it's convoluted in some ways. Um, So I, and it, it is, it's, it's a conversation that permeates. Totally. And you know, I, I feel like, um, well, first of all, I want to make very clear that I recognize that there are a lot of people out there, not just women. We know we're primarily speaking to women, but a lot mm-hmm. of people out there who have um, unhealthy relationships with food, who've struggled with disorders with eating, um, binge eating, anorexia, mm-hmm. bulimia, um, Uh, the orthorexia. I mean, there are so many different ways that we, that we can let food take over our lives. And our goal today is not to make light of any of those things, Mm -hmm. not to make anybody who's suffering in a much more severe way than you or I ever did to feel less than, and Mm -hmm. to let you know that our hope is to cover, you know, some of those topics too down the road. So I just wanted to put that out there right away because, you know, a lot of times we joke about um, Mm -hmm. some of our habits and behaviors around food. And and I'm just kind of putting a disclaimer out there that we are meaning no harm to anybody Mm -hmm. out there who's truly suffering in in a way right now. So we're going to be there for you. And our, our, you know, really our goal was to normalize some of these (laughs) thoughts and behaviors as they have, like you said, permeated our lives over the years. 
Well, I think, you know, we said in the first episode of our podcast, you are not alone. And I think our intent is to tackle those things that nobody talks about. I mean, we talk about, um, we talk about food and we share food when we're proud of it, but I certainly don't put a post out that says, Oh yeah, I just nailed that bag of Cheetos. Like, <laughs> like that does, I don't post that, you know, I'm like, Oh, I'm down two pounds. And I, you know, I mean, that's, um, but it's the struggle is real. Um, uh, at, at any age. Um, and, and it's not a conversation that, that you always get to, to have. So we wanted to, we wanted to have that conversation. Um, so you aren't alone. Yeah. Well, I'm happy not being alone with you tonight. Thanks Sarah for being open. (laughs) You're going to be, um, I also want to say it's anytime you talk to somebody who lives in the world of food, I feel mm-hmm. like all of us kind of like have had some food idea. I should do this like kiosk or I think we should make these buns and sell them. You know, like we've all got this yeah. like food thing. But anybody who lives in that world of food would say food is sort of the one thing we all have in common. You know, it's we do true. need to take in food or calories in order to continue to live and survive on the planet. Right. It's how we do it and how healthy we can make that relationship with ourselves that yeah. is, is going to potentially bring us joy instead of the opposite. Absolutely. So I want to actually start by asking you this question. Yes. How would you describe your relationship with food today? That's a good question. Um, I would say it is, um, should I put it in this, like the stages of a relationship, like, you know, meeting someone that kind? so I would say we're past like the first date. Uh, <laughs> 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 no, um, it's so, okay. This is, you know, I'm trying to give you a, like a, a two word answer and it's a funny thing that's happened. Um, the pandemic is very difficult. Um, I've had a lot less movement and I've had a lot um, more stresses in my life with um, with homeschooling and not being able to go to the grocery store all the time. So there are many times in my life I felt very um, like in control or or like I I was I was owning my relationship with food. You know, I I was I wasn't overly hungry. I was good with the things I was putting in. Um, I would say in the last year, um, my relationship has really, um, taken a nosedive. Um, I have used food for coping. Um, I have used food, um, for soothing, um, in ways that I haven't done it in probably a really long time. Um, so I guess we're not in a great spot. Maybe you could say I'm cheating with, um, and I, I laugh when I say Cheetos, but I I have had to clear out my house of chips because I simply cannot, it's like a weird addiction. And my kids are like, mom, can I have Doritos? And I was like, no, get them out of the house. I can't help myself. I can't help myself. So that is a long wordy answer. So um, the relationship's rocky right now. Rocky. Yes. Yeah. 
it is rocky. I'm I'm sort of seeing other people. <laughs> Cheeto Dorito. I mean, I guess the 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 you know the real parallel would be like sleep. You know, it's like eating is I'm seeing yeah. other people. I'm seeing sleep. I'm seeing exercise. Oh, I wish. No, I haven't seen a lot of them. No. Yeah. But it's, it's interesting because I really have, you know, the majority of my life had a good relationship. Mm. I, I've normally been able to do well with it, um, you know, give and take. But this last year and, I, you know, I've, I've actually Googled like quarantine 15 to see if it's a real, it's a real thing. Um, but it, it just, um, I, um, I think a lot of people use food as soothing, um, numbing, you know, kind of, um, it, it feels like you're feeding your soul sometimes, you know, when you're ingesting food. Um, and I think there's a lot of emotional ties and things like that. So anyways, how is your relationship? Let's, let's well, of course, you know, I had time to think about it cause I knew I was going to ask you that question. I didn't know if you'd turn it around. Um, but <laughs> I would say that my relationship with food right now is very healthy. Mm-hmm. It The difference is that I am not necessarily feeding myself for optimum health, mm-hmm. but my emotional relationship with food is totally healthy. Mm-hmm. I don't have negative thoughts tied around what I'm eating, what I'm putting in my body. Um, and I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying my food, you know, in ways that I haven't in a long yeah. time. I've actually been inspired. I've been cooking more, all kinds of creative, crazy meals, trying to make things taste great. Mm-hmm. But I would also say that around the time I had Wilder, which is maybe going on 10 years ago, mm-hmm. some kind of flip was, flip was switch, switch was flipped. Switch was flipped. Um, and I think my brain did not have as much room to obsess or think about food in the ways that I did when I was an athlete, when I was like a, a younger girl going through puberty, you know, all of those body changes, um, during those times. So my, you know, my relationship with food became much less in the forefront of my mind after I had my kid. And Mm -hmm. I truly believe that I just didn't have the brain space. Otherwise I might still be thinking about it more, Mm -hmm. which I think is kind of interesting. Well, it's an interesting thing. um, As you're, I'm making a connection as we're talking about this because I've entered into this like high stress place in my life um, where I really have no time. There are people around, I'm an introvert by nature, but there's people around me all the time. Like I have no space to even think or plan what my food looks like. Um, so I'm sort of being very active versus you have entered a place where you are not over, you're not, you're not managing the skirt sports business on a daily basis. Like you're probably in a calmer, more low key time of your life than you have been in a long time. So you know, that connection between time and stress, I think has a lot to do with, um, how we handle, how we handle food, um, 
as well. But and it's interesting what you said, your negative thoughts around food. Like, tell me about that. What does that what does that look like in the past? Yeah. Well, maybe I'll go back a little bit and share because you didn't really share your history with food and eating <laughs> relationship. You're oh, like, I- I've done well with it. And then you paused and I could see these wheels turning and you like change the subject. So we're coming back to you. But, um, you know, when I was young, I was one of those stick thin, rail thin kids who ate so much food and I metabolized it really fast. Mm -hmm. And um, there was always a funny joke. Like when I was little, we always tell Wilder this because she's about the age when I would do this. I would get halfway through dinner and I'd be like, excuse me. And I go poop. I would literally like go the bathroom and then uh-huh. I would come back and I would like have more room and I would finish eating. I would eat like another plate full of food. <laughs> this so- is when you were little? Yeah. Like you were a kid? Yeah. Like oh, really God. young. It like- was kind of like, there she goes. She's going to come back and eat a whole nother plate full. It was like, I was just an eating machine. Um, But, and then I became a very, uh, high performance athlete halfway through high school. Uh And right around that time I started hitting puberty. So I was late bloomer. So let's Uh say, you know, junior, senior year, I, my body's not metabolizing things as well. Uh And I'm noticing that the athletes that performed well were skinny. So Uh I did um, experiment with both not eating. I would not uh, Uh label myself um, anorexic or bulimic, although I experimented with both. Yeah. Mostly because my, some of my fellow swimmers were, were doing, you know, either of those methods to keep their bodies skinny. And that's at a super high level. Oh yeah. One of my swimmer friends had scars on like her knuckles. And her teeth were starting to get worn by the time we were junior seniors in high school. And, you know, for me, I couldn't not eat. So like that just anorexia, that wasn't going to work. And then the bulimic, you know, route where you, you eat a lot and then you, you know, vomit and let it all Uh go. I just couldn't do it very well. Like I wasn't good at it. (laughs) You know, I just, I, um, and that's funny because, you know, we're both high performers. So whatever we do, we want to do well, but I, I couldn't, I wasn't good at those two more traditional eating disorders, but I did start to become more, um, obsessed with what I put in my body mm-hmm. and it went in cycles because I sabotaged myself in many other ways through drinking and, you know, all kinds of stuff. Um, and with that, you that know, wasn't on the fueling plan. Yeah, the the 2 a.m. tequila wasn't like standing outside the pizza place with your hands out when they closed so you could get a free slice. You know, really? like you didn't do that in college. I thought no, I, I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> Everyone I just ordered the pizza, they delivered it to me. No, we stood outside and waited till they closed, try to get the free stuff. That's but, hilarious. um, you know, Wait, so was that at Yale? Yeah, that was just a second, <laughs> just a side note. Let's be clear. You stood outside while you were at Yale. Yes. Yes. <laughs> totally wasted. Like there was nothing about my thoughts of Ivy League <laughs> college that included that. Thank you for just adding another dimension to my 
Oh my God. Thinking. Well, it's really interesting because, you know, when you do go to college and you're already paranoid about your body and trying to eat as much as you can because it uh-huh. felt good to eat and you liked eating, but then keep your body, you know, as fit and thin as it needed to be to perform. Right. I mean, those were kind of at odds. So I went through quite a few years of like experimenting with what worked and what didn't work. And the truth is what worked is like literally just eating healthily, being Uh healthy and not trying to, you know, get by or get away with a certain behavior. You just, it feels like maybe you could make it work for a while, but it always would catch up to you. Yes. Yeah. So, so those were my darker years of the whole food and eating disorder Uh experimentation and trying to swim at a high level at the same time and trying to party at a high level at the same time. And, you know, it just all, it's, I can't, I don't think it could have been any other way for me, Uh but, um, it didn't stay that way forever. And I think that's the, the message I'm trying to get across is that there was a lot of unhealthy eating behavior, both emotionally and literally. Yeah. But you know, it's the next decade or so that carved the path towards a healthy relationship with food. Yes. And it's so interesting because I would never have thought, you know, as, um, as an elite athlete, as a college athlete, that, that, that was even, you know, I just assumed that, you know, you were eating good things and I don't know, I guess I just thought that was like a requirement. Were you, were you? No, I played rugby for God's sake. Yeah, but you were still like, like, you were supposed to be drunk all the time and then (laughs) eat burgers and burritos. And I mean, it, you know, it, you know, it's funny because I, I never really understood fueling this idea of fueling. So we would play tournaments like you know, and these are 80 minute all in pounding games. I wouldn't eat the whole day because, um, I would get very, like, I, w- I worried that I would get nauseous or I'd throw up in the middle of the game. So I just didn't eat, which in and of itself also was not like, it's, it's interesting as I hear you talk, because I've just always thought maybe I was uneducated about things. Um, but I think there's so much misinformation out there about food And that's one of the things I have found over time. So um, I have had a very convoluted um, journey with food throughout my whole life. I, I was not a skinny kid. And in fact, you know, I'm a thicker kid and, and I didn't realize that bodies were made differently. Like no one really talked. It was just like, Hey, you're fat. Like, and that, those are the messages that were giving to me from, my family, the boys at school, like they thought nothing of calling me fat. Like, in fact, it was like acceptable, you know, to do so. And and it wasn't even, it was just, I don't know. I was me, you know, and I would look at these girls like yourself, you know, that are tiny, tiny. And, and I was like, oh, well, if I just eat, you know, less or do whatever, um, then I could, you know, I could do that. And so, um, that's actually a lot of the reasons I ended up playing. I found through sports and athletics, not only could I sort of control my mental health and I really loved it, but 
physically it allowed me to um you know to to stay fit and and um have my weight more of where I wanted it to be and I, I felt better at that that but it's it's you know yo-yoed my in, entire life um but regarding misinformation um one thing that I was not aware of I've always had like gastrointestinal issues um like my whole life and I have allergies to um dairy and you know I was allergic to wheat I, I mean I I my mother tells the story all the time about how my grandfather gave me of when I was a baby I was apparently I was allergic to potatoes and and my grand my my mom you know my grandfather was like oh just one little potato just one little potato right gives it to me and I like you know I break out in hives and I'm crying and he feels terrible and like I was literally allergic to everything I drank powdered milk and I ate rice cakes and it was terrible terrible um but there was this like lack of information so actually as I got older um and I had my second child I understood I was actually gluten I needed to be gluten free and when I removed that element from my diet, all of my gastrointestinal issues cleared up immediately. Like I, once I understood what was in my food, um, that, that changed it. And then the other thing that has happened, I was actually working with a nutritionist, um, over the last year, just trying to kind of get everything back in check. My life has been rather chaotic for a while. And, um, she helped me understand that different bodies are different and that, um, so I've never really loved fruit. I love vegetables, but I never do well with fruit. And I sort of have this like weird spike and then I crash and like, but I think I'm supposed to eat, you know, strawberries and pineapple and, um, all of this like fruit. And what I came to understand from tracking my own body and really paying attention and being given the permission to watch what was happening was that when I eat fruit, I, I get these weird sugar spikes. I get sugar spikes and I don't feel good um, when I eat that. And so maybe, you know, apples I do well with, but I'll eat celery and spinach and lettuce and like um, zucchini and cucumber, the vegetable side of things all day long. And I don't have those reactions. Um, and so I've come to understand over time, how misinformed our entire society is about food and how individual the food journey is to each person, which you've probably learned too. You fine tuned, like this works for me, this doesn't, but it's so hard to sort. There's so much information. How do you really find what works for you and what doesn't? So anyways, that's a long way of getting to that point. <laughs> well, and I think that's actually a really great place to get here because what we're hopefully going to do is give people some tools, some information, some ideas for them to be able to put their own puzzles together. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and there is a lot of I would say either preconceived notions, misinformation, judgment we have for ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it starts with like, I'll tell you, when I was in high school, no mm -hmm. fat became the first diet yeah. trend I remember. And do yeah. you remember snack wells? 
they were these cookies yep. where you supposedly could just eat the whole box because there was no fat. And right. you would, we would eat the whole box. Right. And then you would get fat <laughs> because they, no fat, but they had everything else everything you else. understand or, or read or all kinds of different things that were probably inflammatory. And yes. after that, Atkins became the thing like, right. and it just rolled from one diet trend to the next. Yeah. Until suddenly you realize, Oh my God, we're in this like diet culture and the word diet. We are. There's a diet (laughs) culture in America. (laughs) Just kidding. I know. Well, what's funny is the word diet actually means like what you put into your body, how you eat as a diet, uh-huh. but people started to relate the word uh-huh. diet to losing weight. And so here's another one of those big, um, you know, emotional triggers for women is that a lot of people are really tied to the scale. And I will tell you that one of the reasons that I believe I have a healthy relationship with food and my own body is that I don't have a scale. I don't uh-huh. look at a scale. I only see it or hear about it when I go to the doctor and I have to, Um, because I have found that it plays with my head too much. You know, I may be a numbers girl and I may count my strides and my strokes in the pool and Uh all this stuff. But at the end of the day, if I know that there's a scale waiting to greet me at some point in my day, it will affect the way that I act that day and how I feel about myself. And I don't find that to be a positive thing. And so I will tell you, because I know you've got some stuff to say about this too. Um, I still believe that, I don't know if weight is the right word, but it's important to, you know, try to get your body to a place that's your healthy place. So Uh I measure and judge that basically on how my clothes fit. And if I ever change sizes, I'm in trouble because my entire garage is skirt sports and I don't want to have to change sizes. I want to stay in the same size. And I know know the owner. So if you want, if you need some new sizes. Yeah. But then what are we going to do? Like we're going to sell all my old stuff. And you know, so I think that's the thing, you know, if you believe and feel that you are healthy and your blood work shows you're healthy and your, you know, your doctor signs off on your health and that is a good place to sit. And there's a window around that. Uh-huh. It's there's a low and a high in your healthy yes. range. When certain clothes are getting a little too tight, I work out harder or I think more about what I'm eating. But, yeah. you know, for me, I think that that's always been a really, that was a really important thing to get rid of in our family. I, I wonder how to, you feel about I this. Have, to, have I told you about this already? Is that why no, you're, uh, I, oh, you I, have have this. I just had the most interesting experience. So, um, okay. And I'm going to, you know, speaking of you're not alone and no one ever should, like, I'm going to talk about my actual weight numbers. Um, because. Um, I have always, it's funny having my daughter, um, because I am like weirdly, um, big boned, like very large, like my mom and I, though we're of similar height and stature, I'm always solidly 10 to 20 pounds heavier than her because of the density of partly it's my backside. There's a little extra back there. (laughs) The density of the backside. Yes. But, but you're right. There's a range, right? So I have, um, um, I'll often sit at about 180 with, um, you know, I, I, 
the good side is like 175 where I, that's where I feel great. Um, the high side being like 195. Um, and I have not really had, um, a bad relationship with the, the scale. I'll be honest. Um, I, and it's so funny that you say this story because I have a completely different perspective. The nutritionist that I was working with, part of what she said is she's like, when you sign on to do this, you put the scale away. And I weigh myself every day, um, to sort of have like, I wouldn't get on it and it wouldn't affect like how I was going throughout the day. Um, it would just give me a gauge of like, okay, here's where I am. I couldn't really, I can't really tell. And, um, and so, um, she was like, you can't, you can't, um, weigh yourself. And so I didn't. And she was like, you just have to tell by, um, how your clothes, like what you're saying, how your clothes fit and all of these things. And I'm only wearing like sweatpants, like not sweatpants, like leggings and stuff. <laughs> I don't think I could tell, but I actually put on now I'm at the highest I've ever been, um, over into the two hundreds, which is for me, I don't feel good, um, there. And, um, I, because I was not having that monitoring, um, that is actually when I ended up gaining weight, um, partly because of the chaos and the lack of control and the chips and the wine, but also because I wasn't able to like gauge myself on a daily basis. So for me, and that's, I think this feeds back into this whole like individual journey thing, right? When I step on the scale, it doesn't, I actually, I made a commitment to myself that every day I will weigh myself so that without judgment at all, I said, Sarah, what you're going to do is you're going to get on the scale every day. So there's an awareness factor for you. How are you feeling? How is what you're eating affecting where you are on a health level? Like, and like I said, I'm heavier than I've been ever since I was pregnant, but I tell you, I get on that scale and I don't feel bad about myself. I say, oh, okay, what we ate today, we're good, we're solid. Or, oh, hey, that was too much or it was too, just trying to understand my own body without necessarily judging it. So it's fascinating that we have two very different sides. But again, you know who it, who wins in the end with fucking snack wells and low-fat diets and Atkins? You know who it is? It's the companies that are marketing to us. It's the companies that show us these images of women and what we're supposed to be. Uh, but we're not that. And eating Sackwells and eating South Beach diets and all those things won't necessarily get us there. And I think there has to be an awareness. I tell my kids all the time when they watch YouTube, they'll be like, mom. I want to get this. And I was like, do you guys know what that is? It's marketing. <laughs> That's what I tell them all the time. It's marketing. <laughs> Who do you think paid for that ad? Especially in politics. They would be like, mom, is Biden really this? And I said, Who do you think paid for that ad? And then they'd say, Well, is Trump really this? And I was like, Who do you think paid for that ad? So, like, I'm trying to get them to understand who really benefits from this? Is it us as women? Like our job, we, we need to feed ourselves, but we need to feel good where we are. Um, and that's so individual for each of us. Do you know? 
totally. Nice. I think I was on the soapbox. Let me no, I love it. I love the soapbox. And, um, and I think the point is we don't want to try to be an advertiser right now no. with this series or with our own thoughts or journeys. Um, because like you said, they're all very personal. Um, yeah. but I do think one of the assumptions we can make is that the people listening would love to eat for their optimum health. If they can eat in a way that makes them feel great, then they would probably love to learn more about that, whether they choose to do it or, you know, Mm -hmm. have hangups around it or can't quite figure it out is one thing. But that's always my sort of goal out there is when I start to hit that place where I'm not feeling great. And sometimes it's mental. Sometimes it's not even physical, but I'm like, oh, I just don't feel good. You know, I try to swing it around and say, am I doing all the things I can do Uh to help myself feel the best I can? And one of those things is what I put in my body, starting with water, like drinking enough water. You know, I fortunately don't have the um, don't have the alcohol included in my life anymore. I know you do, you yeah. know, and many people listening do. I mean, there's definitely a wine drinking mommy culture out there that is mm-hmm. rocking and rolling during the pandemic. <laughs> yes, but I will tell you, I have not felt. I have noticed I don't feel great. Um, we, I've had. I've tried to cut back on that as well, because it is, it's dehydrating. I make not great choices when I'm in my second glass of wine. And then I wake up and I don't feel my best, um, as well. So yeah, I think the hydration part is, it's key. It's, it's key to make sure that, um, that part is happening. And I can imagine for you in Colorado, the altitude that you're at, it's like, don't you have to double your Oh my God. Well, it's like the worst because when you are actually skiing like on the slopes and Mm -hmm. you have on bib, you know, uh, leg, what am I saying? Bib like snow pants. Right. And you have to pee and then you have to like, make sure you make it down into one of those lodges. And then you have to go in, you have to take your whole coat off and like your entire outfit and strip all the way down to pee. Then we actually purposely sort of dehydrate ourselves because I tend to have to pee. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to pee all the time out there. Um, but no, I think that is a really good point. You know, I think at the end of the day, there are many different things that go into living our best lives. And we know that, right? Mm -hmm. And when you have stress, the cortisol stays in your body and certain foods will, you know, gravitate to landing right where you don't want them to. And um, when you don't sleep enough and when you aren't exercising the right way. So it's hard because you can't really, it's for me, I can't think Mm -hmm. about it all at once. I am a person who can think about one to three things. But more than I love that, that, you know that no, I'm yourself. over the edge. I mean, even yeah. a triathlon was hard because you yeah. had three sports, but then you had all these details in between, right? Right. <laughs> That's true. Well, and we have had um, episodes on this um, before. I think there are a few things to note. One is healthy habits, right? So there's something to be said for having to think about things. So if you can't only think about one to three things, what you have to do is begin to ingrain healthy habits into your life. 
right? So how am I, because when something becomes a habit, it's automatic. You don't think about it anymore, right? So you be, it's, it's a habit to drink a lot of water. Well, you just do it, you know? And then if it's a habit to eat spinach, you just do it, you know? So, um, I think there's that piece of it, um, in, in being, being, beginning to automate healthy eating habits. Um, then, and we, that's why we, we did two different episodes, right? One was persistence and one was healthy habits. Um, to me, persistence is like kind of, I don't know how you feel. I feel like as an athlete and with all the training that you've done, you've you probably have better, you've better educated yourself because you've had to, but I get super overwhelmed with the amount of information that's out there and how it applies to me. And I feel like the majority of the articles that I read about food and eating are like crap. I mean, they're, they're not helpful. They're fluff and they may or may not actually apply to me. And so I really struggle to filter out the information in some ways. And so to circle that back around to the persistence piece of it, I think there's this idea of, of there is not one like answer. There's not one answer. This is how you eat it and you will be healthy. It's more like keep try, keep educating yourself and then try it with your body and see if it works or if it doesn't. And if it doesn't work, well, then maybe try something different. Like it's this ongoing journey of, of, of eating and, and then also filtering through the messages of this diet culture to say, like, do you have, you and I have both referenced it, this idea, there's a place where I've been with my with my eating where I feel good. I feel healthy. I feel self. I, I can actually feel that within my body. I'm sure you can as well. And that's the place that I try to try to get to. That's, that's the measure of success is not what size are you? What does the scale say? What, what it's, how do you feel optimal? How do you feel fueled? How do you feel good? Um, and, um, and to your point, the blood work and all of those things that, that should be our ultimate goal, not, you know, a number on the scale, not, um, but, but feeling good about food. I don't know. What do you think? Um, I think you just did our takeaways. <laughs> oh, I you- forgot. About this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, what's coming up to, for me as you're talking is this idea that, we're all athletes, you know, Mm -hmm. we are, no matter what level we are, we're all athletes listening to this thing. And a big part of being successful in your athletic life is to listen to your body and to know your body well. And the better you know your body, the more empowered you are. And that is what I want for all of us. I want us to be empowered and then make our choices. So there's always an opposite. There's healthy habits and then I'm going to treat myself. You know, you've got both sides. You're going to treat yourself sometimes, maybe too much, maybe not enough, you know, but you're, you're going to be living somewhere in between most of the time. 
Uh So the other thing that comes up for me is that perfect doesn't exist. This is not a one size fits all diet culture. We Uh can't all succeed with the same eating habits. And um, we can't put ourselves up to uh, like a pedestal that says you must eat this certain way or you suck. Right. Uh-huh. I mean, I know too many people, myself included, who have tried to walk down a certain eating path. And if I screwed it up before 10 o'clock, it was done for the day. It yeah. all went to hell. I may as well have like a beer at noon and eat a <laughs> cheeseburger. And now, you know, I'm a I'm the sober vegan of the group now. So, you know, this is I'm a long way from that. And I think, you know, part of it is that I have really come to learn my body. Uh what feels great to me and what works for me. And then I've had the confidence to adopt it no matter what Uh anybody says. And I've also had the grace for myself that when I don't eat in a way that I know is optimum for me, I immediately forgive myself. And, and I actually think it's okay. You know, I call myself Uh a Cheegan for a reason. I'm a cheating vegan. I cheat a lot. I'll eat things that have eggs in it. I'll have an egg sometimes, you know, I'll have some cheese on something. It's like, you know, nobody is perfect perfect doesn't exist. So no one probably realizes on this podcast when they listen that we've never actually met each other in person. (laughs) Like we've never, yeah, it's crazy because it feels as though we're sisters in some way or or something like that. But someday when we meet, I like, I want to spend a whole day with you and I want to eat. Like, (laughs) I can't even imagine. I love that your, your chicken is eating eggs. Like (laughs) I ate three eggs for breakfast. (laughs) It just makes me laugh. So anyone who's listening on this podcast, you should know, look at, Look at how different, but you, like for you, that's, that's good. And for me, I actually have found the, the sort of like more keto, um, protein heavy, um, diet. It, I, I feel good on that. Right. Like I'm satiated, that kind of thing. So mine is like super meat heavy and yours, and you have found this like wonderful feeling a niche with vegan, like if there could be any two opposites, you're the meat to my veggies. <laughs> that sounded really good. Oh my god! So, so it's it's such a personal journey, Nicole. It is like, and and I think that is um, one of our our key our key takeaways here is is eating has to be about what feels good to you, you know, and, and, um, and that's it. I mean, it, I, I feel like the next generation is going to have a better, the next generation of women will have a better ability. There are so many other body styles that, I mean, we literally grew up with, you know, Cindy Crawford, that was it. And Kate Moss. She and came along. That was yeah. even scarier. Right. And, and that was our, that was our images of ideal beauty for women. 
And and now, I mean, every website, um, America, I looked at American Eagle and I was like, oh, there's all kinds of women here. Lululemon, like all of these, everywhere you look is this more um, accepting, um, it, it does, it, we're not, we don't just say it like, oh, hey, yeah, whatever body type you are is fine. You can see it. And this, the seeing and the representation, I think, is so much more powerful than the, the spoken word. And so I'm hoping that this next generation of women, it's easier to listen to your body. It's easier to, to say, this is what feels good to me and not, oh, I'm supposed to be this, you know, let me restrict this you know, just stuff myself in this tiny little, this body, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Well, and do you know what one of the companies that was on the forefront of this effort of diverse body image? (laughs) Was it Skirt Sports? Of course. It was. (laughs) Yes. I still, I can see in my mind that picture of, Mm -hmm. of um, all bodies welcome. I think it's what it was. Oh my gosh. Which I love. Well, and I would say, can I do a takeaway? Yeah. I would say that one of the really great side effects of experimenting and trying to find the eating patterns that work best for you is that you will become more empowered. Mm -hmm. And I want a world of empowered women. That's it. You will become more confident. You will become more empowered. And that's what we're looking for. It's, it's true. The, the, in working with a nutritionist that I was working with, as I was like, oh, there are different bodies. I mean, I'm 43. I was like, how did I just learn that there's different body styles and different metabolisms? Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, oh, well, this is just me. I, I don't have to do this. I can do what feels good to me. And I did, I felt empowered. I was like, well, hell yeah. Well then let me, let me lean into this a little bit harder. Let me figure out what feels better um, here. So I think you're spot on. I think you're absolutely right. So we don't, we don't want to, we don't want hungry ladies. We want ass kicking empowered ladies. Yeah. Who feel fantastic. Yeah. And look great in their skirt sports, (laughs) (laughs) which fit all bodies. Um, so do you have another takeaway? Um, I think my last takeaway is that, um, if there is self-talk in your head, if there is, you know, life would be better if I were blah, blah, blah take a look at who wins when you feel that way. Take a look at what, who's making money off of you feeling that way. And do you really, you know, just think about it. Counteract. When you feel this way about yourself, counteract that thought with, well, who, who benefits when I feel bad about myself? Who benefits when I beat myself up about about this. Um, and if it's not you, I don't know. What are you going to do with that information? That, that to me is, is our third takeaway. And we are probably going to need to revisit the subject a little bit 
a yeah. little bit. Kind yeah, of. We bit. will. We will. I think so. We will be for sure, because it's too important to women. We have too much emotion tied around this thing called food. And uh, I think this was a great way to open up, step into the eating confessional and spill our guts. Yes. Cool. All right. Well, um, is there any uh, dirty laundry? No, wait, housekeeping. I keep calling it dirty laundry. Housekeeping. Yeah, do we have I did want to say we love your reviews. I actually go on and I read them all the time and they make my day. So if you um, loved this episode, uh, leave us a review, leave us some stars, tell us what you think. Um, we we really do pay attention to them and um, uh, it's awesome. So thank you for those of you who have left them and we always love to hear from you. What else, Nicole? I think that, I think that's it. We nailed it. Actually, no, they can get skirt sports for 15% off by listening to the podcast with pod 15 pod. And to get there, they go to skirtsports.com. Correct. Skirtsports.com. And what was the discount code again? Pod 15. Pod 15. And I got to tell you, I'm wearing my vintage chic Melbeck triple Mm -hmm. pocket tights right now. They're amazing. Those are, they are all, they're actually working their way to being sold out. Everyone oh loves God. them. Oh my God. Awesome. Oh. Awesome. What a get great them while the, Get them while they're hot. So proud of you. Cool. All right, everybody. That's it for today. Over and out. Bye.